Here we go. Here we go. Hello and welcome, fellow awesomeologists to Awesomeology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we've pulled together our personal top tips to get you started in marketing. Top tips. Top tips. Top tips. How now, brown cow? <laughs> top tips. This is tough because like... Is it tough to... Is it tough to it's tough it, to say top tips. <laughs> tough tip. Top tips. Yes. Tough okay. to say. And it's tough to like come up with a list of top tips. Tough. T- I'm, I'm trying to think of a word that means come up with that starts with the T. Mm. I Tough can't. To, yeah. I can't. Sorry. It's okay. Moving on. Brain broken. Darn. <laughs> no talk now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> For So this is, okay, here's the thing. This is what I realized in the elevator coming down here. This episode will drop on our anniversary week. Oh, look at so that. So this is perfect. This Yay. is, look at us. About to pretend that we thought of it right. exactly this way, <laughs> but this is a great resource for new marketers, for non-marketers who are doing marketing, and small businesses, really anybody who needs to learn or could use a refresher right. on just the simple, st- quote-unquote simple yeah. stuff that you can be doing, that you should be knowing, should be thinking about when you're talking about marketing. Yeah. So... Happy an- happy five year anniversary! Yeah. First of all, yeah, definitely. I don't think that this not the day. This doesn't drop on the day of our five year anniversary. Yeah, but like day after, really close or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Our anniversary week. We are just going to start doing what uh, millennial girls do and celebrate the whole month as our birthday. You know, um, that is very accurate. If you're talking about my wife, is that a, is that what Katie oh, yeah. does? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah. her birthday month. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. August. So yeah, pretty much the month of August. So. Uh, it's also my birthday month in August, so I'm not um, sure. Sorry, we I talk. can only go to one person. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's well, also she's also a teacher, and that's mm-hmm. like right before back to school. So it's also like, hey, this is the last month to like, you know, live it up before school starts again. So okay. So she deserves it, and I mean, even if she wasn't a teacher, she. I think you're saying that. I don't deserve it. Oh, I mean, what I'm kinda, hearing here. Yeah. I kind of live it up all the time. Right. Is yeah. what you're saying. That's the thing. You make up for it the other 11 months of the year. So <laughs> it's true. It's just inverted. It's not, it's not untrue. Right. Okay. So, anyway, it's our birthday week. Yep. And, you know, you mentioned like, hey, we, you know, didn't plan it to time out perfectly like that or something. Maybe bonus tip at the beginning here. If you're active enough and you're thinking about ideas and doing something like a regular piece of content like a podcast or something, these kind of opportunities to just, you know, have things line up happen from time to time. It's true. That is part of what happens in marketing and I suppose other jobs too. But the more things you end up doing, right. The smarter you look, whether you're doing it on purpose or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Eventually, it's that theory of, of even a broken clock's right twice a day. Right, exactly. <laughs> we should, let's cut that. We don't want people to know. We're that. keeping it in. Yeah. Keeping it in. All right, fine. So, should I kick us off? You should kick us off. All right. So, I hate to start with the money topic, but. That's where it all comes from, buddy. Yeah, right. Follow the money, as Follow they the say. Money. <laughs> so my first tip is understand and advocate for your budget. So, I mean, first off, and I put and advocate for parenthetically, but first up, understand it. Do you have a budget? 
if you do, what is it? How much is it? And, you know, start to gain some understanding of what capabilities you might have with that budget, right? So, um, you know, the advocate for definitely um, maybe varies depending on what flexibility you have, what kind of organization you work for. If you're self-employed, you're a one-person shop, well, you have one person to fight with as far as uh, <laughs> how much budget you want to dedicate to marketing. I guess I guess the big point is, one, just a baseline understanding Marketing costs money. Mm -hmm. Marketing costs resources. There's a lot of marketing uh, work and stuff that you can do and create without spending any money, for sure. But marketing costs money. Yes. Um, you know, so whether it's tools to support the things that you do that are only maybe tied to the expense of your time um, or, you know, learning, other things like that. Like there's a lot of, uh, a lot that goes into marketing that doesn't cost money but you know usually not usually all the time you're going to wind up having to spend some money to get your message out do the thing that you're trying to do so um and then yeah uh, you know the advocate for thing i maybe started with a kind of a joke of an example where um you know you're maybe dipping into your own wallet to get that marketing budget but um you know along with a plan and things like that you know you really can start to answer some questions for yourself, like how much can I afford? Um, how much is this thing going to cost me? What do I want to test? What are the non-negotiables? What are the things mm -hmm. I have to do? Um, and you know, sometimes those decisions do come down to just straight up, is the budget available? Do I have the resources, the dollars available? Um, a lot of decisions in marketing can be made completely independent of budget but also there's some that it just comes down to it. So you have to have an understanding of it. You have to be able to, I guess, going to the other end of that scale, if you're working for a large organization or there's a, you know, a bunch of red tape or a heavy approval process, you know, some things that can happen with bigger organizations, bigger teams and such, um, you definitely need to understand it because you're going to need to advocate for it. You're going to need to ask for more. Um, you might need to report back on, how you're spending it. You mm -hmm. might need to uh, answer some really tough questions like, do we need to spend that money anymore? Or can we spend that money another way? Or what would you do if you had half? You know, whatever, right. <laughs> whatever the questions right. are. And the more you understand the intricacies of your budget and all of that aligned with your strategy and your plan, um, you know, the better you'll be able to speak for it and get as much as you can so you can do as much as you can. Yeah. And you never have to worry that there won't be a place to spend the budget. Yeah, right. There are always going to be opportunities to yeah. spend the budget if you have it. Yeah. And can we can we circle back to uh, talking about that, you know, maybe one-person team, business owner, whoever that person is who is the person they have to advocate to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I personally encourage that they fight themselves out loud. Yeah, <laughs> sure. In the presence maybe of other people. Yeah. Just to make it as awkward as possible. But... <laughs> Uh, if you don't have cash to spend, you really should take the time to think about your human resource mm -hmm. and fight yourself to spend your human resource, your time, your talents mm -hmm. for your marketing as well. Because I think, I think it is easy to say, well, I can't really invest in anything, so there's no point or I can't invest in anything, so I'm just not going to take the time right now. Right. But, it, I mean, it's not a one-to-one trade-off. 
For sure. The more, you know, you get what you pay for, man. <laughs> the more you do have uh, monetarily to invest, if you invest it in the right place and do the right things with it, mm -hmm. you're likely going to get a better result. Yeah. But you do have to carve out time. If all you have is a human resource, carve out the time and make that your budget. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know why I'm so angry. I'm angry at you right <laughs> yeah, now I mean, for not. <laughs> your eyes are kind of burning into my skull right yes. now, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, fine. we're going to fight after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great point though. And it's just like so many other things in business and work, right? Like you have to use the tools that you have if you're, I don't know, somebody in construction and you don't have the automatic nail gun, sometimes you need to use a hammer. Right. And the same thing, speaking of marketing budget, like if you don't have a thousand dollars to spend on the thing and you have 10, like spend the 10 as best as you can. If you have zero, but mm -hmm. you can do something yourself, that's the hammer. Use it, you know, do right. what you can, you know, and, and that's better than doing nothing. Yeah. That's better than throwing the nail at the wall and hoping that it goes <laughs> in. <laughs> so. To stick on that construction analogy that yeah. so brilliantly just came to my mind. But. It just, you know what, and you really nailed that landing, oh, and that's what nice. I like about you. Nailed it. <laughs> I didn't even think of yeah, that. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Whew, man. Good thing we rehearsed all this. this yeah, really it's good. Yeah. These pre-written lines are really, they're landing, yeah. landing. <laughs> so speaking of landing those pre-written lines, <laughs> uh, my first tip is to understand your audience. And as I was typing this, I was thinking to myself uh, that, have you, ever, have you ever seen, you don't do TikTok. I observe. Do you do a little? I observe. You do a little TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I do. Yeah. I'm a casual, yeah. not so casual all the time. Um, but I'm always fascinated when you find one where they say, you know, what is the thing that you could... What is the topic you could speak for? Speak on an hour for without notes. Mm. And I, I, this is what comes to mind for me: audience, understanding your audience, finding your audience. I don't know if I could speak for an hour and everything would be coherent. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it would start to loop around a little bit. Sure, yeah. but that is definitely one of the things I think um, that I am most sort of passionate about when we talk to new clients, when I talk to people who just want general marketing advice, because I, I think it is something we, we as marketers and our friends, the non-marketers that are forced to market, and everyone else don't put enough time into. And there's plenty of research, sure. and there are plenty of things telling us to do it, but I think we shortcut that. And especially, you know, when when you have been doing it for a while, you start to take some of that stuff for granted. Mm. Um, so when and so when I talk about understanding your audience, number one, know who your audience really is. Who's gonna who is going to sustain your business right now? Who can be your customer? member, whatever, mm -hmm. um, until you retire. Who is that person? Mm -hmm. um, and once you know who that person is, and as long as that person is the type of person that clicks with the product you're selling, right? Uh, don't take shortcuts to understanding them. Read articles, view webinars, 
consume everything you can. But uh, like, I think the the rough example I want I want to give is uh, don't go if your audience is Gen Z. Don't go into everything you're saying. Well, Gen Z is generally lazy and they don't want to go out and all they want to do is do everything, you know, on their phones and they won't make phone calls and like there there just are lazy ideas about people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that first of all, um, don't approach your audience with like here's everything that's wrong with them. So I have to overcome <laughs> them and all their problems. Approach your audience like when I think of Gen Z. I think of people who care about the things they consume. I think people about people who are intentional and who are way more motivated than me as a Gen X to find self-care, to help themselves, to DIY. Like that's the view I see of Gen Z. Um, So you can, when you find the positive attributes of an audience you can start to connect those to who you are too Mm -hmm. and say, you know, we have these core values in common. We have those core values that are a little bit different and um, be able to take your marketing to this next level that really appeals to someone and is not, uh, is not just a whole bunch of buzzwords and I don't know. Yeah. Or like negatively framed. Yeah. Uh, maybe sometimes accurate right. uh, descriptors for right. an right. audience or a segment or something. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. That's such a really important point. I mean, the ability to like reframe your perspective or understanding of an audience, you know, in the example of like them being lazy, you know, maybe the flip side to that or the way to reframe it is they care so much about their time that mm-hmm. the, you know, it's really important for them to have the freedom to do what they want with their time. Right. And for other generations, maybe that freedom is less important. Like Gen Xers, boomers, older mm-hmm. generations maybe have just always been used to the nine to five, 40 hour right. a week sort of work, you know, and like, I don't want to say that they're like, you know, burdened with fitting within that perfectly fine structure or something, because we also know that's not entirely true for those generations. But, you know, maybe that's something that mm-hmm. they're more comfortable with because they grew up with it. Whereas Gen Z, are like, well, shoot, man, if I can do that thing in 32 hours instead of 40, I'm going to do it, you know? Right. And that's kind of what they're expecting at work now, you know? Or like, why can't I just have unlimited PTO and take off when I want to, you know? And yeah. um, I'll wind up using as much as I would if you gave me some parameters, you know? So just like that flexibility or that ownership of their time, I think is mm-hmm. something that's really important to them. And shoot, man, if they wind up, you know, playing Candy Crush on the couch, they're not playing Candy Crush, right? But whatever, if they're, <laughs> if they're just chilling on the couch, you know, like, yeah, that's them owning their time. That's not, not necessarily them being lazy, you know? Right, right. Every other generation likes to chill on the couch for the record. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, and yes, and that is, that is them maybe being mindful of their mental health. That is them uh, advocating for them selves mm-hmm. in a way that maybe previous generations felt like they couldn't do. Right. And what's beautiful about that, this is turning into an ode for, to Gen Z, but <laughs> uh, what's beautiful about that is as they break those barriers, 
then those of us that came before could go, oh, yeah, I, I would also like that, please. Yeah. <laughs> <Right? laughs> <laughs> that thing that you gave that 24-year-old, I would like that as right. well, and I can't see a reason you wouldn't <laughs> give it to me. So, yeah. 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 Which is cool. That is cool. So understand your audience. That right? was the point of all this. That was a good one, though. Thank you. I love it. You're doing a good job, too. I just wanted to make sure you didn't feel left out. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So next one for me is don't do it all yourself. And no, this isn't a shameless uh, plug for people to hire us or anything like that. But also hire us. But also hire us, for sure. (laughs) But if you're not going to hire us, uh, maybe hire somebody else. Maybe um, use free stuff that's out there or, you know, things that already exist. You don't need to always start from scratch and you don't uh, need to always do it by yourself. So, um, you know. Definitely don't mean to pick on the solopreneur this episode or anything like that. But again, back to that one person, whether it's one person marketing team or like literally one person uh, business owner that has no other staff or anything like that. Like those are the people that are definitely feeling the experience of being stretched absolutely thin, not knowing what they can dedicate their time to, not knowing what they have budget for and all that, all that other stuff we've talked about already. And yeah, just know that you don't have to do it all yourself. Give what you can, and then mm-hmm. with what you have, maybe pay somebody else. Maybe um, you know, give yourself a head start by starting with something that already exists. Um, whether that's you know using stock photography because you can't get out and take your own thing, or um, if you're designing something um, because you can't afford a designer or something like use a tool or a template that already exists, you know? So, um, lots of examples. We could probably go down a rabbit hole and spend, um, the, spend some time on the not doing it yourself, but, and I suppose part of that too, and, you know, maybe to keep the balance in the episode is that sometimes it is perfectly okay to do it yourself and, you know, kind of going back to the budget conversation Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, speaking of like Gen Z preferences and stuff, you know, that's a really great way to learn is to give it a shot yourself. And, you know, it's, it's something, it's actually a tactic of a lot of like marketers and people, consultants, people trying to sell something is to kind of like peel back the curtain and say, well, here's exactly how you do what, what we do every day and what people pay us to do. Here's exactly how you do it. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. And then they try and they realize, holy cow, there's a reason that we pay people to do this kind of stuff. And, and that might be how it goes down. But at the same time, if you find an article, a blog, a YouTube video, whatever it is where somebody's doing that thing, showing you how to do it, and you're actually pretty good at it, or you can do it within budget or do it within mm-hmm. uh, you know some sort of level of success that's acceptable and you realize well yeah it's maybe not maybe not up to that level of me hiring that expensive consultant to do it but darn it what I did was actually pretty good for where I'm at you know that might be a way for you to you know save a little bit of money and you know put something out of the world out in the world and again mm-hmm. not get stuck doing nothing just know that there's a limit to that Right. Uh, and, you know, and, and I'm saying all of this as a person who's very aware of my own uh, inability at times to ask others for help and just say, ah, I can do that thing. Mm-hmm. I can do it real quick. I got five minutes when really it deserves 50 and I should have just given it to somebody on the team or something, you know. So, um, yeah, there's balance in all of it. And, you know, there's a yeah. sweet spot between testing, DIY and experiencing things so that you learn. And then there's time to just have somebody else help you with that thing, whether it's paid or free or whatever. So yes, don't do it yourself. That's a 
it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. You, know, you feel like you have to do it by yourself all the time. Yeah. So I, I let me, to that point, let me share a super simple tip that we have taken advantage of um, quite a lot, and that is uh, meet, find the people that you agree with, the people, the businesses, the companies that have share the same values as you and are already sharing content. Mm. And uh, they like it if you reshare. Yeah, right. You know, so get involved with um, gaining some of those resources for yourself. Share those out with your audience. And then uh, you look like a get-along guy mm. or gal or a uh, person. person. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you are providing valuable information to people. It's a thing. We share stuff from filing, from CU Insights. Yeah. Um, they are – there's brilliant people there. Right. And uh, it shores up, it pads up what we have to share as well. So right. that was, see if you listened all the way into the episode. This is 20 minutes. If you listen 20 minutes of the episode, free advice. It's all advice. <laughs> it's all, I don't know what I'm talking right. about. Okay, my next one is to capitalize on what makes you unique. Love it. Thank you. I was going to call this uh, Find Your Differentiator. Mm. But I realized I hate the word differentiator. Really? I do, and I think it's because I have a negative association with it now. I've been trying... It's a little buzzwordy yeah, for it's you? A little, yeah, it's a little buzzwordy, and I always feel like it doesn't... Uh, that It's a word that doesn't resonate with regular people. We understand, if, if you're a marketer, you probably understand what you mean when you say differentiator. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you say to, and we, how many times have we done it? Said to our client, said to a client, oh, what makes you different? Well, our service. Yeah. <laughs> Let me stop you there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the word differentiator doesn't resonate with people, I don't think. Mm. You're looking for the thing that makes you unique. What makes your business different from everyone else? Why should people want to come to you? And it is not service. If your service stinks, then it's definitely not service. <laughs> but it is it's so many, especially in the service industry, um, in retail, in banking, um, people, I think, rest back on that idea of, like, our service is second to none, mm. right? Um, which is cool, but that should be... Floor, that's like the floor, ground level of what you should be doing. Your service should be good. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, because everyone could have good service, so what makes you different? Uh, is it your core values? Is it the way you do business? Is it uh, the way you train your people? You genuinely have to understand what makes you unique. Um, and it can be really hard to be an established business and then, you know, be 70 years old, you know, the business 70 years old, and then suddenly have to come up with that. That's why I do think we're really lucky because we were able to start a business five years ago, by the way, happy anniversary, <laughs> uh, and say, this is how we're going to do this differently. So we under we could start with what makes us unique. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, too, 
not to toot our own horns here, but the other benefit we have is what makes us unique is core to who we are. So it's not it's not this veneer that we put on top of it. For sure. So yeah. do you need more? I, I know you don't need me to explain <laughs> make it unique, but do you think I made sense of that? I think you made sense of that. In terms of a yep, tip. Yep, definitely. Tip received and point taken for sure. I think it was really good. Um, and And it's interesting to hear you and your inner battle with the word differentiator, uh, just because, I mean, it, and I don't know, the fact that you brought it up makes me think about it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it is kind of like overused and maybe people don't quite understand. It, the definition is quite simple, right? Mm-hmm. Like what makes you different, you know? And, um, but yeah, you know, when you're thinking about like what makes you better or different from a, another business like service is one of those things that kind of gets brought up often and Mm. one of the first things and I don't know I'm I'm sitting here thinking about this as I'm trying to give you some feedback and I I want to ask you the question and like totally put you on the spot and if you don't have an answer it's okay I'm ready what's What's a business that you've experienced where you would say the service is a differentiator? It's like, it is second in on so good that it's the reason you continue to do work with them. Let me think about that. Uh, ah, okay. Do you, should I name names? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so the vendor that I order photo prints from mm. is White House Custom, Co- Co- uh, White House Custom Color. Is the name of the vendor that I order photos from. Um, they had a pretty janky online ordering system for a long time. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know that they're a massive company. Sure. So I, I assume it was a budgetary thing yeah. that their online system was a little janky. Um, but I was always willing to go back and order from them. Because their service is fast, is professional, mm. is friendly, um, and have you interacted with people like I, chat, call, like chat, yeah, mm-hmm. chat and call and things like that. Okay. And they are, um, they have excellent service, and on top of it, um, their prices are good. Sure, their work is good. Yeah. That all helps. Yeah, uh, but. You know, you can you can go, uh, you can go to a lot of places. I won't name all of the other places you could order photos from. Yeah. Uh, but white, I keep going back to White House Custom Color because their service. I I never have to be afraid that if something goes wrong, they will fix it. Mm-hmm. I would worry about like if I I've ordered photo prints from Walgreens. Yeah. And like, no shade. To Walgreens, but forget it. Yeah, <laughs> not, not the same experience. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I yeah. asked. I asked the question not intending to stump you or anything, but as I was formulating it in my brain and trying to think, like, do I even have an answer to that question? And I mean, well, one, the fact that there was a pretty good pause from when I asked the question to when you came up with mm-hmm. someone, and even like as I'm sitting here rambling, I. I'm struggling to really think of someone that I would say like service was a differentiator. I receive fine service from many companies and 
kind of like what you were saying when you pair it up with price and speed and things like that, that like checks the service box for me mm-hmm. or maybe the service thing like is just straight up acceptable because the price and speed is what it needs to be for me to be happy or satisfied. But all this to say, I don't think there's too many companies like really worldwide that you can say service is the reason that I do business with them and I straight up don't care about anything else. Service right. is what makes them different. Right. I'll pay whatever the hell I need to pay. I'll right. be satisfied with however long it takes. I don't care. Great service, great experience every single time. I don't know that there's too many companies like that. And maybe some of that is just part of like the digital age that we're in where like, you know, you're receiving service from a bot or from an online experience of mm-hmm. some sort and you just kind of wait for your thing to show up. So really it just straight up comes down to like, did it come on time or a little right. bit ahead of schedule? And that gets translated into great service because there was a good digital experience and the thing being delivered. Anyway, all this to say, 100% agree like service cannot be your differentiator because everybody's doing it well. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing it well enough that other factors can make up for a less than stellar service yeah. experience. You yeah. Know? yeah I, I think you you can't lead the pack with service, but you can follow the, you can trail the mm-hmm. pack if your service is bad. Right. So yeah. I mean, people, I think people just have a minimum expectation and you know, coming from coming from uh, the service side of the credit union, that min- meeting that minimum expectation is hard work. Right. Yeah. So you are already you're already working very hard. Yeah. To do what people expect. Yeah. There's a lot of companies that do perfectly fine and well and make a lot of money mm-hmm. doing less than right. good service. Right. They're providing less than good service. So. Yeah all the more reason to make sure that you know you focus on really what is unique. I'm going to stop mm-hmm. using the word differentiator now. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's my gift to you today. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And think about if you now I'm, now I'm stuck on this online business thing. Uh, I think this is just forming in my head right now as we're sitting here. This is real time, people. Yeah. I think that you could you could enhance the service in a completely online business, um, through things that you through things that are automated, right? For sure, yeah. Um, and the tone and the way those present themselves, and there's a lot that can uh, that can emulate a human excellent experience mm-hmm. online, um, but. What will make you unique is what underpins what you're putting into that experience, right? So it will be the language you use, will be the visuals you use, it will mm. be it will be your brand, it will be something that comes from the core of what you're trying to present, rather than you made the service so great. Right. Many air quotes yeah. happening right now. <laughs> flying, they're flying in the room. Okay, cool. now it's your turn. You do an excellent job on these two, and you have really good input. Thank you. Gosh, you're so kind. <clears throat> okay, my next tip, determine what you won't do. So when we talk about marketing, this is something we say often, mostly because like the easiest way to describe ourselves is a marketing agency or a creative marketing agency, but 
to say that really kind of sells us short on what exactly we do and what we're really good at um, because marketing as a term is just this big old category full of a lot of stuff, a lot of specialties underneath that. Um, and I guess to that point, I guess that's kind of a way to set up the point or to help drive the tip home of determining what you won't do. So there's lots of stuff you can do and you can call it marketing or it just straight up is marketing, right? Maybe social media is not a thing that you can do. It, that just could be your reality, whether it's resources, budget, skill, doesn't matter. Um, there might be a perfectly good reason for you to not do it. In today's day and age, I can probably argue that that's a really rare exception that somebody shouldn't at least be present and posting you know, every so often, mm. whatever. Um, there's a lot of great tools out there that makes it doable for almost anybody. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure that there's plenty of businesses out there that I would totally agree with their decision to not do it for any number of reasons. Um, and so like both like distribution channels, like vehicles, stuff that you're going to do to market or to get your name out there, like you don't have to do it all. And it's just as helpful as it is to have a strategy and a plan to help you decide what you are going to do. As part of that, it's also really helpful to decide, yep, we're just not going to do that thing. We're mm -hmm. not going to do those things, these kind of events, we're not going to do whatever. Um, and then I guess along with that, you know, outside of distribution and channels and stuff, there's other big buckets like content, you know, like mm -hmm. this is the kind of content that we're going to put out there and this is the kind of stuff that we're never going to create, or at least not right now. We're just, we're not going to do that thing. And by answering that question of what are we not going to do, it really helps you focus on the things that you're choosing to do, right? The things that do wind up making your plan or are part of your strategy. And you can dedicate more Reese's to that. Re Reese's, Reese's pieces. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Yeah. I like what I like to do. That's how my budget is built. It's, uh, <laughs> it's all on Reese's pieces. People are like, here's some resources. I'm like, no, no, no. Give me, <laughs> give me the Reese's. I want, I want the Reese's pieces. They actually had to put a trail of Reese's pieces to get you into your office. Oh, that worked again, didn't it? <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. Oh, I knew I was lost this morning, but something yeah. got me here. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, uh, now that I can talk again, yeah, resources, right? Resources. You can dedicate your resources to the things that you choose to do because you aren't spreading yourself too thin or, you know, spraying everything, spraying those resources on everything that you're trying to do. So, um, you know, maybe just a, I don't know. I don't, I think it's more than a catchy way to say, like, focus on your strategy, you develop mm -hmm. a plan. Like, I think that is part of it, yes, and part of that process of, developing a strategy, creating a plan is being really specific sometimes about what aren't we going to do now. You don't need to spend hours like going through everything that you could do in marketing and saying, no, nope. checking it off yeah. because you will dedicate all of your time in deciding the thing. Like there's a lot of marketing stuff that we don't do, mm -hmm. but we don't have to declare it. Right? right. But there are some things that like maybe people would perceive we should be doing, or maybe they're, you know, adjacent to other stuff that we're doing. Um, and it's important for us to say, yep, no, we, we, we don't do that. We just mm -hmm. don't do that thing. And that allows us to focus on this or right. do that. So important questions to answer, one that doesn't need to take up a lot of time. Honestly, even if every person who did any level of marketing picked one thing that either they're 
debating themselves on like, yeah, hey, should I do that thing? Should I not do that thing? Or maybe there's some perception that you're this kind of business. So you need to be doing that. Um, if you just picked one thing that you could say no to and like make that an intentional decision, you'll, you'll be better off because of mm-hmm. it. And yeah, you could probably take that another step the next year and choose another thing that you're not going to do. But yeah, well, and okay. Two things here. Number okay, one, thanks. I want to, from this point forward, henceforth, I want to refer to this tip as the meatloaf principle. Oh my gosh. Tell me more. Do you, you don't get the joke. <laughs> that joke is for one other person in the world. He, I meatloaf, hope he's listening. <laughs> me, well, meatloaf's dead. Oh, oh it's <laughs> so. for meatloaf. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. think there are, there are at least, there's at least one other person who would get it. When you say, determine what you won't do. Mm. It is the meatloaf principle. Meatloaf had a song that was, I'd do anything for love, but I, I won't, won't do, do that. that. Got it. Got it. Right. So this is the meatloaf principle. I love it. Oh my gosh. I'm writing this down. Meatloaf that is pr- gold. <laughs> that, that can live in our archives wow. along, along the, uh, alongside the um, Abraham Lincoln principle. Hmm. So... Have we talked about the Abraham Lincoln principle? Yes, the Abraham before? Lincoln principle oh, is uh, based on this theoretically. There's Supposedly there's a quote and somebody asked Abraham Lincoln, how long are your, are your legs? Mm. And he said they're long enough to reach the uh, ground. Nice. So <laughs> Got it. the Abraham Lincoln principle is it's long enough to do the job. Right. As long as it needs to be. As Got long it. as it needs yep. to be. Cool. So we have meatloaf. We have Abraham Lincoln. We're creating a little Mount Rushmore of marketing principles These here. are basically the same two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meatloaf, Abe Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try and get some women, get some diversity yeah, in there. Right. Yeah. On it. Okay. Okay. Maybe something from Oprah. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, that would be good. It's a good mix. We'll, <laughs> we'll look for that. Um, and I can't remember. What, I said two things and I can't remember what my second thing well, was. Because the meatloaf principle is as good as two things. That's, <laughs> that's really good. I like that. By the way, ever wonder what that is in the song, or is there some kind there of like insider? Oh, I would have to really think about it. There's probably yeah. like a VH1 pop-up video sort of experience. It's in the song. It is. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's in the song, and then people, for a long time, joked about it. We're like, oh, but what is that? But it's right in there, it's and in I the can't remember what it okay. is. Well, checking the yeah. lyrics as soon as we. It's like stopped. it's lying or cheating or something. Uh, okay. Stupid. I don't know. Yeah. It's not <laughs> as too good. obvious. Yeah. Okay. It's not as good as you want it to okay. be. That's what it comes down to. Okay. Speaking of meatloaf. <laughs> Worst segue ever. <laughs> it was the best. Final tip is to be true to your brand. It's a good tip. That is. <laughs> have you ever, did you ever see meatloaf not be true to the meatloaf brand? Right. That's what I'm saying. Got it. Uh, so I, I wanted to include this. Because, um, number one, I'm a brand manager. And uh, if I don't throw out my bona fides at least once per episode, who yeah. am I, yeah. even as a human? Do yeah. I even exist? I don't suppose by chance you're Lean Sigma certified. <laughs> I am Lean Six what? Sigma certified. Thank oh you for asking. Gosh. You, did, you didn't know that, did no. you? No. Yeah. First time hearing it. <laughs> I'm also a brand manager, Ben. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Part of the reason that uh, I am so, uh, I don't know, what's the word? I'm a zealot about being true to your brand 
is because in every job I have had outside of marketing um, and now in marketing, I have seen things that are so, it's so easy to slip. Mm. And it is that slippery slope principle, which I do not love. Uh, I don't love employing that, well, it's a slippery slope and you can't do the thing. But they're really, for me, the slippery slope thing really is more about erosion, right? Mm. So you make one little decision and then you make another little decision and then you don't have time for this thing, so you let someone else make the decision. And it erodes and erodes and erodes until you don't know who your brand is, you don't know what colors you're using, you don't know, you know, it's the, uh, it's the fonts, it's the colors, it's the logo, it's the voice, it's where you will put things, it's how you will do it, it's everything about the brand. And if you are not, uh, if you're not pretty militant about it, mm-hmm especially if you have people helping you. Uh, but not just if you have if you have people helping you. If it's you yourself and you just decide, Ugh, today I don't have you know, like I don't have it in the tank. I can't yeah. think hard yeah. today. Um, you see this gradual erosion of your brand and then you start to lose what makes you unique. You start to lose what that brand is. Yeah. And uh, I I think and I think it bears out in the market, so I don't think that this is just me being a jerk. I think that uh, one of the most important things we can do as we advocate for a brand is to make it consistent because a brand, uh, to, people exper- to people experiencing the brand, they don't experience it the way we do. They experience it as a presence in their life. Right. And there is nothing that human beings need more than consistency in the presences in their life. So I, I always think of a brand as a person. And um, you want your brand to be consistent because nobody likes to be around someone who's erratic, yeah, right? Right. So uh, creating, maintaining brand integrity is giving your customer something they can rely on mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah. And it makes it easier for them to continue to make their buying decision with you. Yeah. Because they trust you. So who Jazz hurt hands. you, Sue? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, it's a perfect one to end on because it I don't know, it might be the most important one of the day. Cause it is something that it doesn't take budget to, you know, stay true to your brand. Right. It doesn't take, um, you know, like, yeah, I don't, I mean, budgets, the, the one that, um, you know, that I guess is really specifically related to another tip that we shared today. I mean, you can, you can control it for free, mm-hmm. you know, by just, by, well, one, like, having a brand, you know, and determining some key factors that help, you know, define and, um, you know, share your brand. Um, and then, you know, once you understand it and you understand its importance, um, you don't, you don't have to spend a dollar to, to keep it true and to keep it real. And right. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the key, like be true to your brand, like truth in your brand. That's just like the perfect word for it because, I think one easy way to 
fall into the trap of like deviating from your brand or uh, taking a step on that slippery slope or creating the first level of erosion is to fake it, mm-hmm. you know, and to like, you know, because a brand is more than we're not just to be clear, we're not talking about a logo. We're not talking about colors. I mean, that's part of it for sure. But I mean, we're talking about an experience. We're talking about a customer's perception of your organization by the brand that you've created. And that is way more than a logo, you know. And as soon as you fake it or, you know, try to do something that you really aren't and you're not true to your brand, that's when it starts to erode. Right. So, and yeah, also sometimes it can be as obvious as like just not using color the right way or right. saying like, yeah, we never use this font, but we use it just this one time, you know? Like, yeah. Anyway. yeah. And the flip side of that, if you, even if you are today, if you're a solopreneur and you are, uh, you are sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pristine of habit. Hmm. Why is that the word I was looking for? I don't know, but that is, yeah. if you are, if you are pristine with your brand, today, you formulate a structure that is so solid that when you add to your team, you can pass that to them. Right. You, uh, you build something that has certainty around it, and it helps the people that work with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and... Uh, That's a great spot to be, yeah. that, like solopreneur, you know, because you've got maximum control then. You know, right. You can make those key decisions that then winds up being passed along. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great tips. Well done. If I do say so myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pet, 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 yeah. pet. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that was super fun. Let's uh, close up here by jumping into our something awesome segment where we share recommendations or. Uh, experiences, cool things that we want to encourage people to do or share. Uh, And I'm going to start with um, (laughs) changes to Major League Baseball. Now, what I was originally (laughs) thinking was like I was going to just slide in a uh, shout out to the... Oh, slide in. (laughs) Goodness gracious, we are just killing it. I didn't even think of it that way. But um, the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, my hometown team. I'm not from Milwaukee, but I'm from Wisconsin. Yeah, they're 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 the team, right? We, we um, play pretty loosey goosey yeah. with the geography here yeah, in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we can drive there, it's home. <laughs> um, but um, the Brewers are off to a great start. And something interesting about the MLB season this year is that they made a bunch of pretty key rule changes to help amplify the experience of the game there's a pitch clock now so if you've ever been to a major league baseball game or watched one on tv you know that there used to be uh, a lot of farting around between pitches either from the pitcher like not getting the sign from the catcher or the guy in the batter's box the person at bat adjusting his gloves and his helmet and everything else on his body so that <laughs> taking he, his yeah, pants off taking his pants off putting it back on looking in a mirror <laughs> yeah all right i'm ready to swing uh and like a lot of time between pitches so um they put in a pitch clock so now like the batter needs to be in the box ready to hit the pitcher needs to throw the ball or actually maybe needs to like raise their knee i'm not totally familiar with the exact details of the rule as uh, is common with a lot of professional sports. The rules are completely overcomplicated <laughs> to 
and really, they're not overcomplicated. They're a perfect amount of complicated so that people don't cheat or you know try to bend the rules in their favor and stuff. But anyway, um, these new rules that help pick up the pace of the game and just create a better experience, whether you're watching it on TV or uh, in person. Because, I mean, some baseball games that I've been to, I mean, it's like a three-and-a-half-hour affair sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's assuming that all goes well and the game ends on time. You know, if it goes into extra innings, you know, just – the time can add up really, really quick. Um, there's actually, I think just this week there was a game, uh, that ended in less than two hours. So, I mean, like to think of like cutting that amount of time off of a game is just unreal. Um, there's actually a survey that, uh, MLB did with a bunch of the teams to see like how the rule changes have gone and how they've been received by fans and by the organizations themselves. And, um, I just saw a survey that, um, the Chicago Cubs were actually the team that disliked the rules uh, the most because of how much it shortened the game. Um, the Cubs still play a lot of day games at Wrigley Field. It's an experience, mm-hmm. you know, so people actually go to a Cubs game hoping for a three-hour event, you know, making it, you know, more of a, an experience. And I suppose, like, if you bought tickets or especially if you, like, spent good money to sit in front or something like that and all of a sudden it was a – you know, really low scoring game that ended in two hours, you could maybe feel a little gypped, but in general, the games were just taking way too long and there was way too much dead time. They also um, increased the sizes of the bases. So like people are stealing bases more because Mm. they're like literally only inches closer to being able to steal a base. But um, that's just another exciting play that happens in baseball. And so they've, they've done a lot of really cool things just to help, add a bit of excitement, add a little bit more offense, and um, pick up the pace. So uh, a cool change. And I think I shared this one because I wanted to give that shout-out to the Brewers for a, a really nice start. They're, I think, maybe second in the in all of Major League Baseball with their record right now, so they're doing really well. Um, but two, because I think it's really um, relatable to marketing, right, uh, and really business in general, like, you have to always be evolving, you know, mm-hmm. baseball. I don't know if in America there's a more traditional example of a sport, right? Like, I mean, it is, it is the pastime, right? You it's know, just so, that and apple pie is yeah, what we do. Right, right. <laughs> Hot dogs. Yeah. But, um, you know, so yeah, baseball has this really rich history with a bunch of rules and a bunch of records that have, you know, been set within a certain uh, set of rules and everything. But also, like, when it gets to a time or hopefully you make these changes before it gets to a time where people start disengaging, not Mm -hmm. coming to games, not sponsoring, you know, all the things that make something like Major League Baseball happen, but a lot of businesses, um, hopefully you make those changes before too much of it goes away. And that means your business goes away too, right? So whether we're talking about marketing or small business or anything, you know, we need to be looking for how we have to change ourselves to stay relevant, stay attractive, stay in business, right? So let me ask you this. Yeah, hit me. Did Are these rule changes a result of a change over decades in baseball? So when Babe Ruth was playing, mm-hmm. were things like a little snappier Definitely. and things were, you know, like you did not have these long and the guy and he's pulling up his pants yep. and he's, I don't know what these guys are yeah. doing, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you're waiting. Uh, so it was, one might say, a slow erosion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. To connect it to the earlier part of Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, 
they they've always played nine game innings, right? At least mm-hmm. as far as I know. Um, but I mean, you could even see it through uh, statistics like. Um, not so long ago, I guess I don't have years, I'm not some baseball historian or anything, but not so long ago, there were a lot of pitchers that would start the game and end the game. You know, that that stat is a complete game, anybody that would start the game and finish the game. And now starting pitchers maybe go to the fifth, sixth inning, and then all of a sudden the middle relievers start coming in and then the closers. And, you know, in any baseball game, you probably have like at least three people that wind up pitching um, maybe four or five, six people. And it's all, you know, situational. You know, mm-hmm. they want people that throw right-handed to pitch against certain batters, left-handed to pitch against other batters. And so there's like, you know, things that people have learned over a deep history of a sport to know like how they can gain a strategic advantage and stuff that has stretched the game out. And then there's like equipment, you know, like I imagine when baseball first started, not a lot of people were wearing batting gloves. Now batters are all wearing batting gloves and on both hands and so much of the game has turned into and again I'm saying all this like not some baseball nut or anything but you I watch it enough to like see how it's changed and how like behavior changes and um, you know every batter is so insistent on creating the same experience with every pitch and every swing so that they can achieve the highest level of success Mm so when they're wearing batting gloves on both hands, they want them to be at the tightness that they like them to be so that the bat feels the same, their swing feels the same all the way through. And so, you know, they would adjust those gloves in between every single pitch to create that similar experience. Again, all to give themselves even a teeny tiny little statistical advantage to get a hit or not, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, and then, you know, every player on the field is trying to create a similar thing and these things just take up time. And it's, you know, sometimes seconds or, you know, microseconds, but they all add up and it stretches out the game. And then, of course, there's entertainment and sponsorships and TV and all that stuff that, you know, has stretched things out that didn't exist back when baseball first started, I suppose. But so, yeah, it's a lot of things for sure. Um, But I think what they've done with some of these rule changes is just cut some things out or down that um, maybe gets the game itself back to what it was once upon a Mm -hmm. time before all of this information existed that told players and teams and coaches to do things a certain way that make the games longer. So great question though. Thank you. I didn't realize I was so um, interested in it by adding this, but yeah, it's uh, I, I like to take in a baseball game and I've been really bored at some baseball games. So I'm actually really excited to go to a game and see what it feels like. Yeah. I, I, uh, not a big sports person. Do like a baseball game, um, primarily because unlike football, as you know, I understand it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they they can be they are so long, mm-hmm. and if you if you're not if you're going to just to go to a game, not because you're a baseball person, yeah. it can be like for me at least, I I lose attention and suddenly I'm like, you know, because they're adjusting and they're doing the thing and I've wandered off. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then something happens and people are clapping and I I start clapping. I'll be honest with you, I won't lie. Yeah. I just clap. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Love it. So I'm very excited to share about um my something awesome this time. It is a self-care app. It is called Finch, cool. like the bird. Um and uh one reason I am particularly excited about it is because my middle child 
told me about it. They are using it. Uh, and to great effect. Hmm. And they invited me because I got a little got a little invitation in the text. Yep. Um, and what Finch is, um, so what what they the way they described it was it's like an adult Tamagotchi. Hmm. <laughs> Not really, but you get the general feeling. If sure. I say you connect with yeah. the idea that it's an adult Tamagotchi. Yeah, I get a vibe. Yeah. So you get you uh, start the app with an egg, and it hatches a little burb. They do not call it a bird yeah, because it's for Gen Z, so it's a burb. Got it. <laughs> and your little burb hatches. And um, they, oh, fortunately, unlike Tamagotchis, no poop. Remember oh, Tamagotchis? It was always the poop. And yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, and the way that you take care of your little avatar uh, is by performing acts of self-care. Hmm. So you can set goals for every single day. And uh, you, so my goals, I will share, uh, are drinking water because I wanted to set a goal. I do not drink water first thing in the morning. Hmm. Like I was always a, like the first thing I'm drinking is a cup of coffee kind of thing. Yeah. So I wanted to set a goal to start my day with water. Um now I have to remember. Listen to listen to a song that makes me happy and take three deep breaths. Those are my three self-care goals every day. You can choose other ones. So you can do some journaling. You can do gratefulness reflections. You can do meditation. There, there are all sorts of things you can do. But every time you accomplish one of these goals, you earn, um, you earn gems. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> And it though the goals help toward the health of your little your little burb. Cool. Um, Am I in case you're wondering? My burb's name is Bruce. Bruce. Because that was a suggested name. Like that's such a perfect little name for a little guy. (laughs) So, um, so it contributes to their health, and uh, you also can take those and buy them things, which is like. That's like the silly fun part of it. So sure. you can buy them hats and coats and yeah. little flags and p- pinwheels and like stuff that they can wear. Yeah. Um, and then I am told as your bird grows. So they go on adventures every day. That's the thing I missed out on. Mm. You, uh, the more things that you accomplish, you accomplish things right away in the morning and that you earn a certain number of points. After you've earned your points, that is what uh, motivates your bird to go have an adventure. Mm. Okay? So you had that way, in other words, it's telling you start the day with self-care. Yeah. Right? Which is cool. cool. So then you have your little burb is off. Uh, and <laughs> they have a little, it has like a little bindle, you know, like a little hobo. has a little pack. And <sighs> if you go in the app during the day while he's adventuring, he's just walking. <laughs> and it says he's off on an mine, mine says Bruce is on an adventure. Yeah. Um, but then it at the end of the day, uh, uh, it comes back, and uh, it will have a comment or a question or something like that, so you can interact with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it'll you know go out and say, oh, I tried you know I tried this new food or I you know what is you know what is this thing? So it's sort of like emulating this experience of um, 
talking to a little kid, yeah. right? So it gives you it gives you that moment of uh, showing care, showing concern for someone else too. Yeah. And uh, it is when you get older, you can visit. I'm Bruce is too young yet. Bruce is a toddler right now. The more you travel, <laughs> the more days you do it, the older they get. Sure. So um, so my kids, uh, Burb, whose name is Kai. Kai is an adult now. Hmm. So Kai can come and visit Bruce. So ah. every so often I will open up the app and Kai will be visiting. So That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, it, it just, you can send like, send a high five, send a hug, send, you know, thoughts to other people and yeah. go visit people. It, it's just, it's, it has been like the perfect little treat hmm. to get me um, away from doom scrolling. That is 100%. I've been doing maybe a week now. And 100% that is the first thing it uh, got me away from is yeah. the, oh, God, what's in the news yep. kind of thing. So instead, like, instead of looking for terrible things happening in the world, yeah. I open up the app and see what Bruce is doing. And uh, and you can do uh, – it will, it will pop up, like, midday refreshers, and you can, like, do a quick uh, grounding exercise. Like, all of that stuff is – in there and whatever you can interact with, you can choose to interact with. And for people who maybe are struggling more, right? So you can you can choose your goals to be, I got out of bed, I put on clean clothes, sure. I took a shower. Yeah. And if that's uh, if those are the goals that you can meet, yep. you're doing it, you're crushing it. Right. And your little burb goes off and <laughs> Yeah. Does the thing. I am all at once sad that the audience cannot see my, my bird walking. <laughs> it's a really, uh, it's a groovy strut you, you're impersonating in your chair. That's really nice. So that's cool. my thing. Finch. That's and really I'll share, cool. I'll share the link. It's really, it's fun. Yeah. That's, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. I really like um, how, I mean, again, just to like relate everything to what we talked about today, how, you know, different organizations, businesses, people are at different levels of all this stuff. I really like how, like you said, you know, your goals are to drink more water and stuff. For some people, it might be like literally to get out of bed. And mm-hmm. man, we just don't talk enough about like how much of an accomplishment that is for everyone every right. day, like just to get out of bed, you know, and like get ready for your day and stuff. Cause it's really hard for a lot of people, you know, yeah. circumstances and stuff maybe are just different for a lot of folks, but Anyway, all that to say, um, great suggestion. Yeah, super cool. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. If you and if you if you or any any of our listeners want me to send them an invite so that I get more points. Right. So I I I want to buy Bruce a top hat, and this I just is, haven't saved up enough points. Okay. I get it now. This whole recommendation <laughs> is about Bruce's wardrobe. <laughs> it is fine. Bruce, don't you think Bruce deserves a top hat? I suppose. <laughs> I'll allow it. Send me an invite. I'll, I'll get you some points. Here. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, Bruce. Bruce. Get Bruce some points. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Thank you, as always, for joining us. You can always catch us on your favorite podcast app or finding uh, our podcast on our blog at exclamationcuso.com slash blog. Thanks for tuning in. Be awesome. See you next time. The Awesomeology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork. 
Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell.